Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. We've got a great speaker today. Hope you enjoy. Um, thank you. What a great morning. Uh, congratulations to Mavis and Noah. I thought they looked stunning, uh, amazing. He looks sharp in a kilt. I feel underdressed. Somebody actually said I look like a cowboy today, but I feel after last night's chocolate, more like the horse or the cowboy would use. So, um, I'm guessing by the Chelsea pictures and the red theme that you've converted to Manchester United now. I hope that's what was going on there. And I know your team's not in the Champions League, but I want to give you a little bit of wisdom that something, I believe it, wisdom like this can only come from God. Because in our house, um, when you put the kids to bed, you'd race downstairs to catch the Champions League theme, which I know Chelsea fans aren't hearing this year. And you would sit down just in time for the game. And then like an hour into the game, you'd get a viber, this is how it works in our house, from your wife saying, the dishwasher has finished. Can you please empty the dishwasher? Right now, in the middle of a game. So, I got the book out for the dishwasher and I found the longest cycle possible. <laughs> and every time the football's on, that's the one I use to do the dishes. It's approximately 100 minutes, which gives you just enough time to catch the game in perfect peace. Next year, when your team's in the Champions League, Roland, there's some wisdom for you. <laughs> so, I've been given the huge responsibility from Pastor Aaron to speak on the Father's love. I took it pretty well at first. I just ran through the office and straight out the window and headed for the hills. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I went through the door. But... Uh, it's a huge responsibility because the Father's love is a massive, massive topic. Very, very sensitive, I think, as well. Um, and if I'm being honest, something that I have struggled over the years to relate to 100% because we all have different backgrounds and different challenges in our, and we have things going on in our mind and it's very difficult sometimes to get to the core of the Father's love. So I wanted to use, uh, with Christmas coming up, the theme of the nativity which i'm sure we'll be seeing plenty of we've seen our kids at school on friday doing the nativity some really good singing some really outrageous singing some really flamboyant so oh, it was amazing just seeing these kids go for it and uh, as a father myself i felt the holy spirit speaking through that because god loves us as his children and we love our children of course we would do anything for them we would lay down our lives for our children and yet God's love for us is ultimately bigger and greater than we could possibly or ever humanly imagine. So um, I wanted to talk about the nativity. We know that Mary and Joseph headed back to Bethlehem um, for, for a reason. I'm not going to go into the full story, but we know through the nativity play that they were looking for a place to stay. You would think, surely, if anyone is carrying the Son of God within them, that every house or inn or guest room would be available to these guys because it's the Son of God. And it's when you watch the nativities or you, you see one being performed, I don't know if it ever dawns on you think, imagine the people who didn't have room for Jesus Christ. It's huge. He, he had to be born elsewhere. Um, 
I'm not going to go into the, the Greek and the translation because the truth is I can't pronounce the words, but there is uh, some descriptions that might vary different to what we see in movies and nativity play. It was, um, uh, but you can look into that and study that up. But you always wonder who didn't have room for Jesus to be born or to, be, to come into their house. Um, massive question. Imagine that nowadays, TripAdvisor would be blazing. Do not go to this place because they did not let Jesus into their house. It would be like all over social media, that this guy getting one star. In fact, I'd give it zero stars if it was even an option, but I'm going to give it one because I can't go any lower. So um, we know that uh, God, he works through humility and he didn't, he chose not to allow Jesus to come into this world into the, the huge palace like his people believed or hoped that their king would enter the world. It would be in, in grandeur and splendor and all the rest of it, but no, God chose and allowed for his son to be born um, and placed in a manger, which was basically a place where they fed animals. That's the, that's the room that Jesus was given. Um, so it's pretty massive. I mean, you think of that guy who, or those people whose doors were knocked at time was a place for us to stay. Uh, it made me think a little bit about life at home. Um, I've narrowed it down to two or three people, but there's um, different types of people when the door gets chapped. I don't know how you respond in your house when the door gets chapped. Some people maybe respond with great excitement to see who is at the door. Is, anyone, is that anyone in here when the door goes? Like, you're so excited to see. We just don't get visitors, so I can't really relate to that. But do you ever think when the door goes with great excitement, who is it and why are they here? Uh, and does anyone get like that? Or there's the other type of person who just dreads hearing the doorbell ring. It's just a total inconvenience and a nuisance, um, and you just have no time. It's usually when you've just went to the bathroom, or you've just went in the shower, or you've just sat down with a cup of tea, and the doorbell goes, and maybe you're more one of those people who just, like, can't be bothered. Or then maybe there's a third person, Zara who appears to never hear the doorbell, even if it's connected to the side of her head. Nope, I can't hear a thing. <laughs> Tidying up. Stephen shouts me to deal with it. But yeah, so maybe you're one of those people um, if, and uh, you relate differently. We have a, a very nice window cleaner and he comes at the most inconvenient times humanly possible to a young family. Precisely 9.30 p.m. on a Saturday night. The kids are in bed, We've usually got the fire on or something, having a relaxing glass of wine. Sarah's giving it the <gasps> stretching over. I'm like, oh, she doesn't really. <laughs> and it's not even a gentle, it's literally a It can only be him, Zara. It can only be the window cleaner. Who else? In fact, nobody else comes to our house anyway. It's the window cleaner. 9.30. Zara, I'm done with this. This is the night. I'm, me and him's finished. He's not cleaning my windows any longer. No more. I'm just going to tell him straight. I've had enough of this. My kids are in bed. It's 9.30. You were just about to put your arm around me. I'm like, 
I don't, I'm sick of it. So I open the door. I, I push the handle as hard as I can. And there he is. It's the window money. This wee poor, frail, frail old guy, hunchbacked from working in the cold. Literally, he works like, doesn't stop working, this guy. And he's just like, he's got his wee, I don't know how window cleaners read off those pads. It's like, you need like a magnifying glass with the greatest strength to see what, who's due the money. Hope he doesn't get it mixed up, actually. Uh, sorry, son. I chapped the door as quietly as I could. I knew the kids would be in their bed. <laughs> Don't you worry, pal. Just put your battering ram to the side. I'll inquire about a new door tomorrow, and I'll go and get your seven pounds. But I'm a total sucker. I, I always go to the kitchen. I get as much bottles of juice and packets of crisps and bars of chocolate, and I'm like, there you go, pal. You look like you've had a long day. Take that on us. And I shut the door and I'm like, I did not tell him to come. He'll be back in three weeks. We'll go through this whole process yet again in three weeks' time. So I empathize and sympathize with the people in the story who are um, portrayed to have rejected and not let Jesus into their inns and into their house. And uh, it says in Revelation 3.20, Jesus speaking, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So Jesus came to this world in the most humblest environment. In fact, some of us wouldn't even, I mean, us as a married couple to be in that circumstance, we go through like three bottles of Tesco's hand pump soaps in a day. Could you imagine one of my kids being born in a manger? It just would, <laughs> it takes a unique type. But, so Jesus came into that environment through prophecy, through the miracles of God. We know because of the word of God that this is truth, and we know that there is eyewitness accounts and testimonies being told so we can take great confidence in the Bible because we know it's God's written word to us. And he came as a child, grew into a young boy, became a carpenter. At the age of 30, started his ministry where people were healed, people were delivered, people were raised from the dead, people who were blind could see, people who were deaf had their hearing restored. And then at the age of 33, Jesus took up the cross and died for the sins of each one of us. And he stands at the door of every human's heart and he knocks, waiting to see if we respond to his invitation of grace, forgiveness, and salvation. He's not like my window cleaner who bangs the door repeatedly. He doesn't come at awkward times. He's not impatient with us. He's just patiently, lovingly waits to see if we will respond to the message of the gospel. The church that specifically is in that verse, Revelation 3.20, has been addressed through a letter. And it says in the Bible that this church, they, were, they had become complacent, they had become rich, and they'd become self-satisfied, so much so that they didn't have the presence of Jesus amongst them. 
And I want to challenge and ask each one of us if we've allowed ourselves to be in that place where we become self-sufficient, self-satisfied, we've got everything we need and we have no need to open the door or to accept the calling and the gift of Jesus Christ and God for his salvation and forgiveness. Because we know that we're born into a sinful world, we just need to look at young kids to see that there's a sinful nature even in them as they pull, fight and scream and scratch to get what they want, a sinful nature, and each one of us have that. And that's the reason that God came here, so that we could be restored and redeemed and renewed and made whole and righteous in him. So the Father's love is great, and it's massive, and it's one of the most complex studies you could probably do in the Bible. But yet, to those who are willing, obedient, and humble enough to look into the Father's love, it's, you'll see that it's all around in there. Um, and, I, and on that note, I just think that our recent new senior pastors, if they've got one fantastic, amazing gift, and it's to represent, to demonstrate, and to show the Father's love. I think we are highly blessed in this church that we receive that week in and week out. Um, for me personally, the challenges that come between me and knowing the true Father's love I've thought about this in great depth for the last couple of weeks as I've been driving my van. It's constantly been on my mind. And it's religion. Religion's the thing that has came personally between me and the Father's love. And I say that because religion sometimes gets a bite off me. But unfortunately and sadly, I've seen so many of my friends who got saved around the same time we went to. We've been on ministry missions across the world. Uh, when, and stuff like that and all around the country and I've seen one by one people be um, caught by the spirit of religion and there's a danger for us as Christians to personally guard our hearts against religion because we are as vulnerable if we're not careful to develop a religious spirit but also if we're associated with people who have religious spirits, it can be very damaging to your relationship with God, as I have found several times throughout the years. Um, you know, God wants to bless. He wants to pour out his love. He wants to give you everything possible. In fact, the Bible said he wants to give you the desires of your heart, if only we would seek him first. He wants to give us everything. He wants us to enjoy life to the full. He's there in the hardest of times. He lifts us up when we're low. He comforts us when we're in need. He comforts us when we're in suffering and mourning. He is the perfect father. There's no father on earth can match who God is. So we can only look to the word of God and to his character and his son Jesus Christ to see what true love really is. But I want to just emphasize and point out some of these religious um, aspects or characteristics that can affect us, which have affected me um, and have become the, the blockage between me and the Father's love. So here they are, if I can find my place. So, religious spirits oppress and they persecute others. 
usually true believers, and they do this in the name of God. They criticize others almost constantly and recruit others to join them. They're controlling, legalistic, and they can be rigid in opinion, very unforgiving about what they accuse you of doing wrong. Their religious zeal, spirituality, and righteousness is not of God, and they have no personal relationship with God, just a religious agenda that they want followed with them in control. They focus on perfection and not progress. They're proud and arrogant, and they find faults with others, but not with themselves. They know how to tear down, but not to build up. They're unable to receive correction and instruction, and they will not listen to man or only God. They will not submit to any human authority unless that authority exalts them, and they believe that God has appointed them to fix you God cannot do it without them. They are appointed to fix everything wrong in your life, but they fix you by tearing you down and by destroying you and by criticizing you and everything they th you think is wrong. They will not tolerate weakness or failures in you, despite the Bible saying to bear one another's burdens, and religious people always want recognition. They are suspicious of every move of God as being from the devil, they watch and study and do not believe it. They spread doubts that God not, if God did not do it before, then he cannot be doing it now. And they glory in yesterday, but not today unless they are in the center of it. Um, they'll, they will join no group outside of theirs because they believe they have all the truth within them and their group and their cult thinking. Um, and you cannot go anywhere else except their church or you will be defiled. Now, I have experienced that firsthand with my closest friends who have left and they speak against churches and ministries and movements. And what it does is it starts to wear you down and grind you out and it starts to make, make, it starts to make you doubt what's right and what's wrong. There's like a confusion come, comes upon you. But the most damaging effect is it becomes between you and the Father's love. Because God is not for any of that stuff. He wants to take us as we are. He wants to restore us and build us up. He wants to work miracles in our life. He doesn't expect us to get to a certain level before he shows an interest. He's the perfect loving Father who wants to come right beside you. Right now, in this moment. Whatever your situation in life and to help and to restore. He knocks at the door of every heart. I could go on and on about the Father's love, but instead I've decided to let a video do that for us. It's probably the best one I've seen because there's some, there's some other ones out there that aren't so uh, good. So we just uh, need somebody with a nice smooth Scottish accent to recreate this video uh, because it's awesome. So if you guys, Want to start that, and then after that, the band can come back up. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you.
and he is the father you have been looking for all your life. This is his love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being for you were my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. 
I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, your dad, almighty God. Couldn't have put it any better than that video. The, the beauty of creation mixed with the truth. Every word that you heard spoken in that video is scripture from the Bible. The way God communicates, this is his written word for each one of us. And to receive God as your father and the, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ you don't have to scale mountains or swim the depths of sea. We just need to humble ourselves, have a step of faith, and ask him for our forgiveness. It, it, it's such a beautiful uh, how God works. Why don't we stand up and if the band start playing. And maybe this morning, something of that nature of that video or the scripture spoken that Jesus stands at the door of your heart. Maybe you've never made that decision. We always give people an opportunity to come to God and to um, be united and, and made whole with him, forgiven of our sins and to start a new journey where his Holy Spirit fills us up and renews us and leads us and begins to slowly change our ways. Is there anyone here this morning who would want to respond to that gospel message of Jesus Christ? Maybe you've got, you've recognized traits of the religious spirit that you want the Holy Spirit to deal with as well. I'm just going to pray and you can communicate uh, to God through a prayer. But Father God, we just come before you this morning. We thank you for creation. We thank you for the life that you've given us. We thank you for the gifts and the blessings that we can have through you through marriage and union and through children and all the wonderful aspects and blessings that you give us. We pray this morning for anyone in here who doesn't know you, Lord God. Father, that we come before you in humility. And Father, you're a loving Father who is ready to forgive and start afresh in our lives. And I just pray for anyone in here who's in that place. And we pray against religious spirits and anything that stops us from coming to you, Father. And I just pray your Holy Spirit would fill us up and renew us in this Christmas time in Jesus name Amen who wants to party and celebrate this is a celebration I'm going to pass it back to the band and let's give Roland and Mavis one more massive round of applause awesome fantastic take it away George